Welcome to the Learn Stage Lighting Podcast. This is the show where newcomers and professionals alike come to learn more about stage lighting. And now your host, David Henry. Hi, friend. How are you today? Did you watch the Super Bowl? Uh, that's that's my first question here. Uh, just because, honestly, um, I thought about, one thing I've thought about, just off the cuff here at the start, is um, doing a complete reaction video to the Super Bowl halftime show, but oh, this week I just didn't have time. So, I'm going to talk about it on the podcast a little bit instead. So, you know, the Super Bowl halftime show is always something that's interesting and always something that catches the eye of the world. I mean, it's one of the most watched, at least here in the U.S., one of the most watched um, music performances on TV. Uh, I'm pretty sure that it's more watched than, you know, things like the Grammys, etc. And it's really interesting because it's just a short performance in the middle of the football game, right? The Super Bowl. Um, if you're not from the U.S., you don't know what the Super Bowl is, uh, Google it. It's a big football game that a lot of Americans care about. Personally, I'm not a big football fan, so I don't get all excited about the Super Bowl, but I do enjoy the halftime show. And whether or not you, you know, like the the artist they chose for it, um, this year it was Shakira and J-Lo, not really something that I turn on and listen to um, in the car or at my desk ever. But whether you listen to their music or not, the Super Bowl here in America is one of those times throughout the year where uh, the whole nation really sits down and watches this incredibly well-produced show. And I think there's a lot we can get out of it. In fact, I have it playing muted right now. I'm kind of watching through it. Um, I, I watched the show, of course, when it was live on Sunday night um, just before Falling asleep because, remember, we have a newborn baby at our house here at the Lauren Stage Lighting House. Um, but, you know, I, I thought it was great. Um, there's so much that you can learn from it, honestly. Because I think one of the things that, that caught me up, that tripped me up when I was young uh, and newer to this industry, was I, I never really liked the halftime show. Because I was like, okay, that's great that these people can do this show, but look at their budget. You know, the shows I'm doing have nothing near that budget. You know, it's like, it's like, you know, there's no way I could build something like that. But the truth is that you actually can, right? Because even though they've got a mega budget, right? I don't know how much they spend on this thing. They've got this huge budget, but guess what? They've got a absurdly, massively huge stadium that they've got to fill with light. Just think about that for a minute, Okay. And if you're working on a much smaller stage, this has always been one of my tricks, uh, is that if you work on a smaller stage, then suddenly you don't need as many lights to make it look impressive, right? Because you're not trying to fill as much space. If you have a bigger stage, it takes more lights just to cover the basics. And so I really like the show. I'm um, just a few kind of takeaways I liked. I loved seeing the lasers that there were. And as well, um, whatever light they had, I, I know you can go to livedesignonline.com and look at the lighting plot, but whatever fixture they had on the ground um, had really fast, great color mixing. And, and I just appreciated, too, as well, just the way that the lighting designers and, and directors and the folks that, that made this thing happen were able to take a relatively simple fixed stage in the middle of the uh, arena, in the middle of the stadium, and create a wide variety of looks with it, you know, and create a wide variety of really interesting, different looking things with it, uh, you know, including lighting the performers themselves. One thing that I noticed that's a big takeaway there is you may notice in lighting for the camera, they went ahead 
and the lead performer, whoever it is at the time, there's Shakira and there's JLo and there's some guy who raps to, again, I apologize for absolutely not being into that type of music at all. Um, the guy in the shiny suit, <laughs> uh, you know, whoever is the lead there, they get lit by the general wash, but they also get some extra light via probably a spotlight, probably an automated spotlight system on um, these days. It's a moving light that, that somebody's um, controlling manually most of the time on these big shows. Um, but, you know, um, they, they've been so they light the, the lead person just a little brighter than everyone else. And look at how that works. OK, take a minute and go look back at it. It's on YouTube. We'll link to it. Um, there's a, a link from the NFL's channel that that has it because it, it's very subtle how the people the, who are the lead are just a tiny bit brighter than everybody else. And on the camera, it gives them that extra little pop out from everything. Now, now bring that home. Think about, okay, um, you know, how do I do that? Well, how does that apply to my show, to my church, to my band, to my DJ set? Well, it applies because you say, okay, if you've got a big stage with a bunch of people on it, you don't have to white that thing in full, light that thing rather, in full light all the time. If there's people who are more foreground, whether it's at the center of the stage for a certain point um, or at a different solo, light them brighter. And see how it changes the focus, how it moves things around in your show. I also loved, you know, they, they used a lot of really great color combinations in the show. And I love how each segment of the show really relied on a different color combination. And, and it wasn't over the top. Okay, that's one of the things I like about, about the Super Bowl. You know, they, they've done it different ways, different years, and it probably depends on the performer. But like any really great lighting show... The lighting and the the other visuals, such as the giant video screen on the stage, all of those are there to to support the performer. Okay, it's just like sound, which is there to amplify them. Nothing is there to really take the show. I mean, sure, there's fireworks. Okay, yeah, there's fireworks that explode. They take the show for a minute. You know, occasionally there's points where you look and you go, oh, that's a cool lighting thing. But most of the time, and this is what makes it magical, most of the time, when you look at that show, you see the lighting, but you don't say to yourself, oh, wow, that's just the most perfect lighting. I mean, you and me probably do because we're into lighting, but the rest of the world says, wow, look at that great show, you know? And meanwhile, I'm like geeking out about the color of the backlight. Um, they're using this awesome blue color. It might be the Pepsi color. Exactly. Uh, which they, you know, are the sponsor of the halftime show. But uh, regardless, you know, I think it's, there's a lot you can learn from it. And so I just encourage you, uh, when you see big shows like this, like the halftime show, take a moment to learn from it, take a moment to watch it and, and just try to think to yourself, okay, what out of this could I apply to the kind of things I'm lighting? It doesn't matter the context that you could apply to theater too. I mean, truth be told, the performers they put up there, like uh, Timberlake was the other year. And I have a lot of respect for that guy, uh, because he puts on a great show. You know, these are theatrical artists. They are. I mean, they might be pop stars, sure. But, you know, they're embracing a theater of sorts. And they do a killer job at it. You know, so no matter what you think about the specific content, the style of music, whatever, it's not my forte. You can't not help but enjoy the show. And so that's my quick uh, Super Bowl recap. I enjoyed it a lot. I think the team did a great job who made it. Um, they they got a lot of fixtures in there. I think there was a lot of GLP and Clay Packy this year. Um, and, you know, they made an excellent, 
excellent, excellent show. Um, there's and and out there too. If you're interested, there are um, various articles, interviews. There's one with the audio guy um, from a few years ago. Um, I'm gonna make sure I link that. And then um, I've also heard some podcasts too with the um, Super Bowl um, lighting designer. So we'll we'll link to that too in the show notes. Okay, um, because. It's really cool to hear how these things go off because they work really hard, right? And it's just really interesting to see, too, how with the what actually, one last point, I know I've said a lot, but one last point is that what they actually have in their rig is a pretty simple rig. Like, they're covering so much space, they don't have a ton of different lights covering the same area. They don't have billions of different options of things they can turn on and off at different times. But yet, they use the lighting, they use the areas around the stage, and they use the lights that they have to enlarge and to make the lighting smaller at at other times. And I think that's really cool. And so, despite, you know, any political messages sent that people agree with, disagree with, whatever, you know, despite the content, I thought it was a great show. I always love checking out the productions. Um, Right now, I'm watching it. It's at... uh, Nine minutes, there's an awesome green laser show going on in the middle of this song uh, where they go with green and white lasers. And it looks incredible. And and just think, you know, another last point. When when you're lighting your show, okay, how do, can you make this show look really interesting to people who are up close? How can you make it interesting to people who are far away? Okay. Because they do an excellent job there. They really do. In fact, I think I'll title this episode like, you know, seven things you can learn from the Super Bowl lighting. Um, because, actually, let's let's title it that. Um, and because um, I don't know how many things I said, but um, but I think that's a really great point. So, anyways, off to our show, guys. Uh, I know I started on the Super Bowl, but you know, it's what's fresh on the mind. It's what just happened. Uh, I hope you're having a great week, and I want to answer your questions. Now, in the past, guys, as many of you have known, I've answered general questions that come in to my email inbox through the contact form at Learn Stage Lighting. Unfortunately, over the past year or so as we've been doing that, it's become very popular. And I literally can't get back within three months. It's greater than three months that it takes me to get back to people, and that's unacceptable. So if you're interested in asking a question here on the show like these fine people have, I'm not answering them from that general inbox anymore. But if you become a patron, help support this channel help support the cost of the podcast, the YouTube and stuff like that, then I'll answer your questions. And how do you do that? Well, go to learnstagelighting.com slash Patreon, learnstagelighting.com slash P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And uh, we've got a link, of course, in the show notes that you can get to. And, you know, consider joining us there because for $3 or more, um, you can become a patron. Even just $3 a month unlocks the tier where you can go in and you can ask questions. And then guess what? Instead of having to wait three months for an answer, you can get an answer really quick within a month, okay? And I'll answer it on the show. We'll uh, we'll post those on Patreon as well, and um, and we'll get that done, you know, much quicker for you. So with that, guys, let's go ahead and um, answer some questions today, right? That was pretty much our news, right? Uh, you know, the Super Bowl, kind of a big deal here in the U.S. Um, so Ron asks, um, "Hi, I'm a big fan. Watch many of your videos while learning MPC." You're my last resort for this problem. I'm looking for answers to. I'm trying to make a blackout fader that will not only blackout all intensities, but basically release all cueless and overrides. 
I've tried a lot of different ways in the Onyx Manager Action Editor. I'm unsuccessful. I know you can help me. Thanks in advance. Merry Christmas. Obviously, I'm a little behind on these questions. <laughs> so here's what you want to do, Ron. Um, I would build yourself a queue that blacks out all the intensities. And then I would build yourself a second queue in that queue list. And here's what I would do with that. Make the second queue blank. Not, it doesn't have to have anything in it. But have it automatically follow by using the wait time in Onyx. So And build a macro. Use the macros built into Onyx. You can look them up in the manual, or I've got more info in Sideline Stage Lighting Labs, and, and I help people in there as well. Um, but use the macros. Because in the macros, I believe there, I'm, I'm quite certain actually that there is one, very certain, that's release all queue lists, okay? And that will let everything go. Uh, I'm not sure about the overrides, but I think you can release them through this matter as well, or else, um, you know, you could possibly release them individually with a bunch of macros. But that would be how I would do that, Ron. Um, that would be how to get it done. All right, next question today comes from Shannon. Um, I've been watching several of your videos and I don't see anything about my DMX. Is this a program you've worked with? I have an older version of 2.0 and I seldom use it, but I wanted your opinion on the product. Yes, Shannon. Um, oh, I think you're a labs member now. See, that's what happens when you wait so long to answer these questions. Uh, so Shannon, I am not a my DMX, uh, I am not a fan of it. And, and here's why we're going to talk about it. We're going to give you the brass tacks. Okay. And this is also pretty much the reason why I don't accept outside advertisers and why this is totally patron funded, what we do here on the show. Because think about it. I, I know the guys at ADJ Inhalation pretty well. They're great people. Okay. And they sell this MyDMX program and, and I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. Okay. I mean, it, you know, it's okay. But here's the thing. Okay. There are a lot of products, a lot of softwares, from various manufacturers that are all coded by this German company. I think they're called uh, Nicolade, okay, or something like that. And they've been making lighting software and advertising it and selling it through a lot of different manufacturers for years, okay? They've been in this for a long time, as long as I can remember. But I've never been a fan of their software. Why not, David? Well, um, to me, it's just kind of difficult to use. It can be, I've had people have get have it be really buggy for them. Uh, I've had people where they say their show file has gotten to a certain size and then the program starts kind of freaking out, problems with crashing. You know, not that other programs, that I, including ones that I recommend, don't occasionally have these problems. But just overall, when I use it and when I've had students use it, we've all kind of come back and had the same conclusion of, you know, we wouldn't recommend this to someone else, okay? Now, the trouble is, of course, um, you know, your friendly ADJ dealer or whoever you're working with is going to sell this thing like nutso. Why? Because it's the product that they offer that's kind of in that non-professional price range. And so if you're like, hey, I need some lights in a console, instead of them saying, okay, what does this person really need? They're going to sell you something from ADJ. Why? Because they're an ADJ dealer. That's that's what they sell. Um, and that's something that that is one of the reasons why I built this site. And one of the things that kind of frustrates me about the industry is that you know, dealers, they really have their hands tied a lot of the time in the sense that it's very difficult for them to recommend a different console from the brand that has the lights. It's something they seldom do. There are some out there, some good ones that sell multiple product lines and that sell consoles and will sell you a console uh, that isn't matched with the manufacturer. One notable one that you see out there all the time is Sweetwater. Okay. Sweetwater 
sells my favorite Entech DMXs, which is a great, you know, entry level uh, band lighting software. They sell those things with pretty much any lights they sell. Why do they do that? Because it's a great piece of software. It works incredibly well and it doesn't crash <laughs> and it, it doesn't use up a lot of resources on a system. Okay. And, and so, um, anyways, you asked a simple question. I gave you a really long answer, but I hope that really helps you. I really do, Shannon, um, because, you know, you know, there are so many software lighting programs out there, so many software consoles out there, so many out there today, more than there have ever been before. And our industry is kind of small, and it's hard to make a really good console, and most of the ones you see out there are not that console. And it really stinks. Pierre writes in, I am preparing a meditation room and want it lighted with UV light or black light. I would need high-intensity lighting in several units. The room is 20 by 20 by 8. Hi, what do I have to offer? Thanks, Pierre. Well, Pierre, um, one of the things you'll also learn here, as I was just talking about uh, with Shannon, is I don't sell equipment, okay? And that's a conversation that comes up a lot. Uh, and part of that is because I want to be able to recommend things all over the place. And the other part is that I don't want to be relying on a commission for my my living um, and make that a reason why I would recommend one product or, over another, okay? Because um, that happens a lot in this business. Now, with that said, occasionally if I link to something on Amazon, there's going to be a small commission there, like 2 to 6%, okay? Let me tell you, that doesn't pay my bills. doesn't even come close, okay? Uh, my bills are paid by training people, by, by offering that training. So, UV light or black light, I would go and I would just look at some black lights with DMX, okay? I mean, they may not even need to have DMX. I would order it from somebody that's reputable, okay? That's the biggest thing, right? Because a black light these days, thankfully, is going to be LED, okay? And if you type black light into Amazon, you get a bunch of cheap stuff, okay? They're either going to be LED or fluorescent. But if you're going to use it full-time, you want to go with an L with a... Uh, with an LED unit because the fluorescence will burn out and then you'll have to do that upkeep as opposed to um, if you just go with something that is, um, that is, you know, a LED unit, you shouldn't have to worry about that for a long time. And actually ADJ here, let's see about this one. They have a StarTech uh, four foot LED, but it is okay. Good. It's an LED UV fixture in their StarTech tech brand. Um, it doesn't have external control, okay, so it doesn't have DMX control, it's just on-off via power switch, and they have a four-foot and a two-foot one, and this guy, the four-foot one, is only 50 bucks, so I would definitely check that out. It has good reviews, uh, people seem to love it, and I think it would be great for what you're doing. How much do you need? Um, you know, truth be told, I haven't seen this particular fixture myself. It has a nice wide 120-degree uh, beam angle. And so, um, I would definitely go ahead and, you know, buy yourself, maybe buy like two or three of them, install them in your room and see how it works. Okay. You said high intensity lighting. So, you know, start with two or three and then go buy some more. Right. And, uh, and, and see where that gets you. You know, it might just be, um, where you need to get. And so, um, definitely recommend that unit. We'll link to it on Amazon again. Once I said, um, you will get probably, let's see, it's in musical instruments. So I'll get a 4% commission on that, I think. And so it, you know, that's not going to pay my bills, but I do appreciate it because it does add up. Awesome. So next question today, we've got Joe, Joe in Honolulu, maybe my daughter sings out solo and has been doing this since she was 12 years old. No one thought without a band, she would have gotten this far. 
Um, this reminds me actually of a story. Uh, when I first started lighting, um, I started in central Pennsylvania and, um, and, and I, I'm just a few years um, in age behind Taylor Swift. Okay. Now, if you didn't know central, uh, Pennsylvania is, you know, it's a pretty wide swath of area, but Taylor Swift actually grew up in Northern, uh, central Pennsylvania, I believe. And so, I would run into audio guys on occasion that would talk about, you know, working with Taylor Swift when she was like 12. Okay. And she would sing a lot without a band and do this kind of same thing. I mean, really. And then her family moved to Nashville and she pursued the career. And obviously, you know, she's done okay. Right. <laughs> she's done more than okay. She's, she's been a huge hit, um, with a band, but honestly could maybe do it without. So what it does, uh, Joe says what it does first is her amazing voice that we talk about second, her crowd interactions. Okay. So that, that that's, that's right. She's 19 now. And now we need to come up with more exciting shows. And so you've hit the nail on the head here, Joe, right? Um, because if you know, obviously, you know, a thing about this business, you've watched performers and a good performance is not just the best vocalist in the room, right? It's personality as well. And it's being able to interact with the crowd, be comfortable on stage, all that. And some people, you know, have that more naturally than others. And it sounds like your daughter might be one of those people. I would love to do this with lighting and have been studying it for a few weeks. Now I came across your site and would love your input on what lights and how many. So Joe, um, we got to decide when you're thinking about this is okay. What kind of shows are you aiming to do and how are you aiming to bring lighting into it? Okay. For example, if you're aiming to come into festivals and shows where there's a lighting setup, probably already maybe churches places like that then you don't want to bring a full lighting system with you you just want to bring some effects lighting where you can tell you know the lighting designer at the venue if there is one hey turn on the front lights follow what my rig does and you can set up a lighting rig that follows the music give them some basics maybe colors for each song and then they'll follow you your lighting will provide most of the impact okay that's one option the other option is, okay, if you're going and doing solo shows where you're setting up, you need to bring some front lighting um, and be able to light that stage, then, gosh, I'd go ahead with one of those four-bar type lighting systems. Uh, the one I recommend is the ADJ uh, Starbar Wash. Again, that's um, you know kind of an entry-level unit that just allows you to, to grab these lights, grab a console like Entech DMXs, um, which I really like as well. And and put them together. We'll link to both of those on Amazon, the ADJ Starbar Wash, as well as uh, NTEX DMXs. And, you know, that's a really great starting point. Even if you're, you're using in the front, even if you're using in the back, you could program it just so that, you know, maybe two or four of the lights focus on her and then the other two splash color. And then you could point that color, um, you know, at a ceiling, at a backdrop, at some walls, wherever, um, and be able to, to kind of set the mood with color and light the person on the stage. Um, and that's a great starting point if you're kind of in that place where you're playing small stages and you just need some light like there's nothing. That's a good place to start. Um, you know, if you're if you're coming in and you're going to stages that exist and you're looking to add to it, you know, I'd look at some small moving lights, okay? Um, maybe something like the... Uh, like, I, I actually, you know, had linked to my friends from Gamma, the, their TX4 lights, okay? Um, those are pretty cool. Um, I, I introduced those on YouTube. We'll link to that video about Gamma. Um, but you could go with something from Chauvet or Elation or ADJ as well. Um, like, maybe, you know, just off the top of my head, it would be like a Chauvet Intimidator spot. Like, 
you know, 255 is kind of a smaller one. Uh, it really depends. Like the size of moving light you get would depend on the size of shows you get. And of course, with anything, you know, you can go ahead, maybe the ADJ focus spot one. Um, that guy is 400 bucks. You know, go ahead and start small, right? Because you can always add more lights later. You could always sell them and change change out your light later. Um, that's really the beauty of it. And so it really it depends a lot on the size of show that you're doing. The size of stage and how bright the lights are already as to what I would recommend you getting. So again, if you want to go deeper on this, like with a lot of people, check out Learn Stage Lighting Labs because they're JP and I can can help you out. We'll link to it right here in the show notes. But we can help you determine really what you need and help you get there and then help you program it and make a really great show that's easy for you to run while your daughter sings. Awesome. Let's see. Shannon wrote in again. Oh, I think we answered this in the labs, actually. So I'm just going to hide, get rid of that one for now. All right, Nitro Mix writes in, and uh, he's got a lot of questions. Some of these I'll be able to answer here. Some of them are much deeper than you can answer in a couple questions. Uh, so, hey, David, big ups. I'm a huge fan as well as new to lighting, and your page has been a huge success to my growth. Um, so questions. One, how to adjust the intensity of lighting fixtures against the key light or the front light to help the subject stand out well in screens and view? Um you know, if I were to answer this in one sentence, rapid fire, because you got a lot of questions here, um, you need to have the key light brighter than everything else. Simple. Okay. It's actually really simple. And then, and then that'll make it stand out. The biggest thing you can do with working with video is have intensity control from your console. However, you're controlling these lights for every type of light in your show and then play with it and see how it looks. But usually what you're going to want to do is bright, make that person, you know, that key light, that front wash on the people, nice and bright, okay? As bright as, as it's comfortable. Then fill in the stuff, the backlight, other places, and bring that up until it looks right on the screen and in person. Sometimes it's a balance that's hard to make. Usually, that means you're going to be just a little dimmer than that main light, and then that's going to make it pop. I've got four moving heads in at the same, at use, though, in the same address on the console. And... And lots more fixtures used. I'm pretty confused on the movements to program them by when programmed, though I've watched your videos. Um, yeah, so basically, um, Nitro, it's it, we might have a little bit of a translation issue here because some of your English isn't coming across right, and that's okay. But um, definitely, if you've got four moving heads, you want to program better stuff with them, but you're limited by your console, you need to get a better console in place. Get some kind of software in place um, and... And yeah, there's going to be an investment there, but you have four moving heads and a console costs less than four moving heads. So find a way to get into something better um, without knowing a ton about your situation. I'm not sure I can recommend a console here on the podcast, but you need to get something where you can address those lights individually or at least in sets of two. Okay, mirrored on the stage and then you could revert the pan and tilt in their menus. But I would like you to have them all individually. Because you're just not going to be able to program cool stuff when you're limited by a console that much. Okay? I have issues of the audience complaining about the lights from the moving head in their eyes. Um, so here's what you got to do. You got to either get them higher of an angle to the audience, which means you either need to, if they're in the back of the stage, maybe move them forward. Maybe just get them higher. Maybe you need to put some of them on the ground so they're shining up at the ceiling. Okay? Um, there's no magic pill. 
when it comes to lights being too bright in people's eyes, but usually it's coming from the light being at too shallow of an angle, meaning it's too kind of flat of an angle towards the people at stage. It needs to be steep or almost vertical, okay? If it's not steep, it's going to feel like headlights in people's eyes and it's going to feel bright. Um, Another thing you can do if you do have to take lights out into the audience, put a gobo in them and spin the gobo or prism and spin the prism, okay? Because then, in a given position where somebody's standing, they're going to go in and out of dark spots within that beam of light. And so the light's not going to hit them in the eyes all the time. And that, that also helps as well. What are my taught th- my thoughts, um, creative view, and considerations when programming lights for a church, though? Um, my thoughts are, there's a lot of thoughts. <laughs> I can't answer that in two seconds. Um, would you uplight your stage in the same color with your audience? Sometimes. Sometimes I would light up my stage in the same color as the audience. Sometimes I break it up. Um, this is actually something that I call dynamic range. Just search it. We'll put a link to an article on learn stage lighting that goes into it, which is that during different parts of your show, you're really going to want to either bring everything together or keep things different. You're going to want to at times turn things off and at times have everything on. Okay. And when you do these different combinations of on and off and different focuses around the places, then you know, you're, you're really going to be able to make a much more interesting show and a show in a service. It sounds like this is a church in a service that makes people go, wow, and really helps them focus and really helps them listen to the message. I'm really passionate about church lighting. Um, what are your thoughts and views on colors and color mixing for churches? Yes. Um, that's my view. <laughs> Often when you've got a pastor or a worship leader, you'll want to light them from the front, that key light you talked about, in white. Um, but anywhere else you can use color. Okay. Just make your key. Anybody that's communicating a message, you know, directly, um, make them in white. Anybody else put them in color, put them in white. Sometimes put them in color. Sometimes leave them in the dark, um, experiment and see what works best for you. Um, I would really recommend, you know, check out like the live streams and check out videos from different churches, not just the big ones. Okay. Um, you know, just go like on YouTube and like, look up, you know, church service or church live stream. And look at big churches, look at small churches. Over time, you'll find them, you know, and you'll get to see different ways that people do things. And you can say to yourself, okay, is this effective? Does this draw me in? Does this make me feel a part of the service? Does this help me stay engaged? Or is it distracting, right? And then don't do this distracting stuff and do do the stuff that keeps you engaged. I know that's that's a lot in a couple seconds, but I hope that helps you, Nitro. I really hope that does. And um, hopefully you uh, get off to a great start. If you're in a church too, you know, that's investing in money, really do consider joining Learn Stage Lighting Labs. Um, if it's the kind of thing where you're buying lights and you're spending, you know, even $1,000 a year, then I would easily argue that it's well, well, well worth your money to join the labs because you could buy like one more light for the cost that, it's, that, it, that it is to join the labs for a year. Okay. You could buy like one light or you could have not only that all the education that's in there, all the videos, the courses that will teach you how to create great lighting with the lights you have, but you also get the input from JP and I and others in the forums. And this is where you can ask your questions and we can help you make great lighting. Okay. So that's a huge recommendation from me that if you're in a church that's spending money, like, um, you know, go ahead and, and invest in your people, invest in you, you know, ask your, your pastors, your worship leader, whoever's in charge of the budget, 
say, look, we could buy one more light and it could make this much impact, you know, a little more impact. Or we could really get the training we need, okay, by joining this program and be able to use the lights we have way better than we are. Okay, so that's going to be another recommendation from me. But you, you got a lot out of it for free too. Dean writes in, um, our synagogue has an old macro engineering lighting system and it works very good, but we're needing to move the main control panel in the future. When we move it, it would be nice to update the interface to work with a newer interface in preparation to use with a future lighting system. Um, I'm looking for as-built drawings, but I've yet to find them. That state word, Oklahoma City. Any suggestions you have in Oklahoma would be recommended. So I don't have, I don't have anybody right in Oklahoma, okay? Um, I would just look for, you know, people that do audio and video lighting integration and talk to them. That's my biggest um, thing there. Actually, there is a great, great episode. I'm not going to steal his thunder. Um, Church Tech Arts from Mike Sessler. Um, oh my goodness. Such a great podcast. Seriously. This guy's amazing. And he is an installer and he's been in this business as a church tech director and an installer in the past, which is like a huge thing that he's been on both sides. Okay. And, um, and so he goes ahead and he does the podcast where he talks about, um, different things. And one of his episodes back in the past is that um, he talked about, he had a full episode on house lighting, okay, where he literally talked for 50 minutes about how to get the right house lighting system, how to work with a contractor on it, why not, why you shouldn't use a, um, why you shouldn't use a, basically a, you know, an electrician or an architect to do your house lighting, because you can actually go ahead and you can spend more, and he's seen instances where churches thought they were saving money by going with an architect and ended up um, ended up spending more in the end and then on the initial system and then replacing it in just a few years. Okay, so I want to get that link to you, um, Dean. We'll make sure we get that link in the show notes as well because he just does a great job of really explaining, okay, how to find a house lighting system. Okay, so... House Lighting Church Tech Arts, we'll have the link in the show notes for you, Dean, because, um, you know, it's one of those things that, man, if you do it wrong, you're going to hate yourself for years down the line. And doing it right isn't necessarily going to cost more. That's the biggest thing here. Sometimes it'll cost less. Uh, truth be told, if you're talking about a main control panel and you're also talking about your system, you probably don't even need to find your as built. okay? What you need to look for and what you can direct your your contractors to as you as you start to find who's going to do this for you and get quotes is you need to find where the panel is like the dimmers. It, it looks like a big electrical box and it's probably in one of your electrical rooms. Okay, find where that is, because that's the point where all of the connections for the lights, all of the electrical circuits come in and and come together with the main power from your building. That's the box you're going to replace, okay? Um, in that specific spot is going to be the cheapest way to replace it is, is doing it in the same place because then you can reuse most likely all that old wiring, all those circuits, all those lights that you have, okay? Uh, and maybe you want to update some of them. Maybe you don't update all of them. Who knows? But the different panels like the wall switches and where you program them and stuff like that, all of that stuff, honestly, it just gets connected um, via data cable, basically, to the main unit. And you may be able to reuse that data cable. You may not. But regardless, 
that stuff is really easy to move and really inexpensive to move when you're replacing a system. It's that main panel um, that gets a lot more expensive if you want to move that a far distance than than those various um, you know controllers and things like that. So hope that helps you, Dean. Best of luck as well on your new system. Awesome. Blaine writes in and says, I'm a Coral Director Lighting Designer for a show choir in Alabama. I'm trying to time code my lights using Onyx. I followed your tutorial on YouTube. I've made it all the way to where I press play on time code, but nothing will happen at Onyx. Um, so yeah, evidently Blaine, something, I'm not sure what, but something is going on and your time code is not getting from Time Lord to Onyx, okay? Uh, one of the things I would probably do is try setting it up again on a different computer. Make sure there's nothing wrong with something in your computer that's that's causing that MIDI time code to um, to get you know hung up, causing it to not get from one computer to the other. Okay. Also, um, in that article, I believe, or that video, I talk through um, using Loop MIDI on the PC to um, to see that MIDI go from one program to the other. And this is most likely where your fault is. So check, is the MIDI getting to loop MIDI from Time Lord? Because it'll show you as you as you stream that data, it'll show the count of the amount of data and it'll increase. Um, and look at that and see, okay, is that increasing or is it not? If it's not increasing, then that data is not getting out of Time Lord to loop MIDI. Uh, if you see it increasing, then that data is not getting from loop MIDI to Onyx. And so you've got to figure out, okay, what's not set up right about that um without actually really seeing your setup i can't really tell you what's going on right there's no like single common thing um other than the stuff i discussed in the video that that would make this not work so um best of luck to you of course i help people inside of learning stage lighting labs sometimes i feel like i sound like a broken record but you know that's how we're able to help people and um really you know get people to come up with new things i was actually talking to a guy yesterday, Marty, and he said, you know, um, learning stage lighting labs, he basically said, um, and I didn't ask him to say this, but, um, he said, you know, it's been one of those things where he, he's been able to get in and learn so much in such a quick time that, that is helping him to spec out a lighting system for, um, his synagogue actually, and really get things right. Um, and really be educated and save, save himself a lot of money in the long run. Um, and that's what we're there for, you know? We're there to help you make the best choices in your lighting and figure out how to use the stuff that you have to its very best potential. And that, at the end of the day, can save you a whole bunch more money than it costs to join the labs. All right, Johnny writes in. Let's um, let's make this the last question because uh, my voice is starting to go. So Johnny writes, how can I connect our house lights 120 volt to our light key board? Okay, so you're using a light key on a Mac, but guess what? And um, whether you're using a light key or anything else, um, this isn't going to change right? Um, because all of it talks via DMX. So what you've got to do, just like I talked about with Dean a few minutes ago, and this comes up a lot, is you've got to get um, a DMX controllable house lighting system. Now, it sounds like you've just got some lights on switches probably in your room, or maybe you even turn them on and off with the breakers. So at this point, hopefully you've got a dimmable light and you've got them turned on via switches or via breakers. So what you need to do is, and you could have an electrician do this. You could have a systems integration company do this, um, you know, an audio video lighting installer. What you got to do is just call these people up, get some quotes and say, I need a DMX controllable house lighting system. They may also 
try to sell you and it would probably be good to invest in some simple wall panel controls. And these with a system can be pretty inexpensive. Okay. And then you're talking on the equipment wise um, with an existing lighting system. Again, this is totally not seeing your room, not a real quote, but I just want to kind of give you some ballparks. Um, the actual dimmer unit itself could cost as low as a couple thousand dollars. Again, it depends on how many channels you need. It could cost as high as many thousands of dollars. And then there will be a fair amount, a good, a decent amount of install labor. But uh, they, it should be a pretty quick project for somebody like this because they can just locate it next to your main panel, help you get DMX to your, to your lighting board, help you get it integrated, maybe with a DMX splitter, and then you're off to the races. Uh, so that's my recommendation is go find a pro who does this stuff and start getting some quotes. Um, and remember, like I said to Dean earlier in this podcast, um, don't automatically go with the guy who says the quotes the lowest. Um, check out that, actually listen to that podcast on your way to the church and back home. Um, even if you live in a parsonage, <laughs> um, but no, seriously, listen to the podcast from church tech arts with Mike Sessler. Like it is so good. So good. Listen to everything he puts out. Um, but especially the one on house lights that, I, that I'm linking to um, above him Dean's question, because it's just, he goes through so many good tips and tricks and, and, he runs through situations where churches were told maybe by an electrician or maybe by an architect that they could do it for a certain price. But then what happens sometimes, and this happens with AV people too, is they don't really look at your whole system and how it's going to integrate. They just kind of send you a generic quote and then they get into the installation process and they go, Oh, you know, we didn't do our diligence quoting this and we need to do change orders. And now, as I've heard it said many times, a change order buys me a new boat. Um, Because change orders, they're like, it's last minute, so they feel like they can charge more. And you're kind of in a bind because they're already contracted. And then you end up paying way more than you wanted to. So check out that that podcast from Church Tech Arts. Maybe that should be the title of the show. Just go listen to Mike Sessler. Because seriously, he's got so much good stuff going on. But anyways, guys, thank you so much for listening today. Thanks for sending in your questions. If you want to send in questions to our show, check out our Patreon. I'm actually going to post in there real soon about next week's show. Uh, gather up your questions, and then we're going to go ahead and answer them so that you can, um, you know, I can answer your questions nice and quickly and promptly here on the show. And then we'll talk about other things on each episode, too. I'm really excited for this new season of the podcast. I'm excited uh, just to chat with you guys and excited to help more people create great lighting. Thanks for coming on this journey, and we'll see you guys in the next episode. Thanks.